Hey there, this is Connectionism, Mulayam Kada, a meditation coach and DJ. Connectionism is an advanced introduction into meditation, a new form of guided meditation that utilizes speech, ambient, and techno music with the visualizations if you're attending a weekly podcast in a video format. Connectionism disbands emotional boundaries to cultivate deep perspectives into the inner workings of man. A typical week session takes about 75 minutes, starting with an introduction and into a talk about the topic at hand, moving to ambient music and ending with rhythmical techno music. This podcast is inspired by the works of Jiddu Krishnamurti, Alan Watts, and Jalal Dean Rumi. Before we start, I invite you to take a comfortable position. A seated position is recommended as it allows for better blood flow, but laying down or any other position that goes well with you is fine as well. Have a distraction-free environment around, and it is highly recommended to use a good-sounding pair of headphones or speakers, allowing the frequencies to make their way through properly. We will begin in just a few minutes. again yeah today's topic is productivity between focus and attention I guess productivity is really something 
that is very important, like in general, to a society as such. Our civilization really thrives on productivity and condemns procrastination and a kind of laziness. And uh, especially now during this corona epidemic, it's even more uh, of concern because a lot of people have way more free time than before and a lot of other people have so little time to themselves. So it's an urgent thing and it's ever been always urgent. Productive, being effective, being efficient. Um, so usually that kind of perspective i would like would like kind of gets into our psychological realm and it becomes what drives us am i progressing towards my goals am i doing what i need to be doing do i need to do this or have to do that i need to be fast i need to be this it's always like this becoming from one thing to another and uh, it seems that it's never enough. So this is what usually is. Now, what's being required as if is that we need to focus on something. We just need to put our mind into a thing. Whatever it is, just put your mind into it and that's about it. Just focus, that's the word. Concentrate, you know. Uh, again, this kind of attitude, I would say, slips in into our psychological realm. And that's what makes meditation so difficult for our, for our conditioned mind, I would say. It's like you need to focus on a point. That's actually from what I'm seeing around. Like you have to focus on a point. And then through that focus, eventually you will relax. And uh, kind of the whole kind of atmosphere kind of eases out or downplays. And then you can have a grounder. And, you know, still mind. But the question is, Maybe that's in the beginning. One needs to maybe focus on one's breathing, for example, or maybe counting certain numbers, like in different, some religions, like they would recite certain uh, phrases over and over again, some mantras over and over again, and such mantras do this, and it's just a matter of putting your mind into something. And through that repetition, you go in a state of, let's call it trance or whatever, and you lose, one loses their sense of self. Now, that's fine and dandy. But is that meditation? This focal point of focus, which essentially goes with our kind of normal way of living, like the current way of living. It's like focus on your job. You keep focusing and then you lose yourself into the job. And then you become kind of an element 
of that th bigger thing, which is a company, which is a career, which is, it's the same thing, it sounds like it. It sounds like it, at least, from that perspective. And it gets you so many benefits. It gets you money, it gets you maybe friends, it gets you connections. So it, it has a lot of benefits. So in that comparison, if I would say, like focusing on a point and then going from there to uh, another state is not that different from that. Because, okay, I focus on one thing and then I get I reaps the benefits out of it, you know? You lose yourself into it, you know? You have better understanding into it as well, of course. But the question is, do I have really a better understanding of myself? Now, that's focusing. And through focusing, the, the self dilutes. And then you enter this kind of, uh, let's call it, like a grander dimension. Attention, on the other hand. But before we go to attention, let's go continue back to focusing. Focusing. Who is the one who focuses? I focus. Right? So it's kind of, I am tricking myself. So there is a person who's focusing, and through the amount of focusing, maybe, I don't know, going to a self-imposed state of hypnosis, and then as a result of that, uh, kind of one forgets about oneself, but the one is still present, in a sense. So it's a trick that I play on myself in order to uh, not be present consciously. That's focusing, that's concentration. Uh, we're not downplaying it, but for that to be the gateway to meditation, is goes against the idea, goes against the perspective that the issue is in the self-centered activity to begin with. So how can the self-centered activity, the I, become all of a sudden trick itself? Because the, the issue is in the existence of it. The thing that's stopping me from approaching life in a holistic way is the same thing that's tricking itself it doesn't sound like doesn't sound like a holistic approach it seems like another method another learned skill another learned ability right through practice through training through force which meditation is not Maybe we can look at meditation through the eye of attention. Now, what is attention? Hmm. When one pays attention, or when attention is present, one is not there. The self is not. When attention is there, true attention, not the idea of attention, not the idea that I have to pay attention, but when attention is there, the self is not. As Alan Watts puts it, when one looks at their own newborn, newborn child in these first maybe few days and they're sleeping and the parent is just looking at that child, the self of that parent is not. 
doesn't think, oh, look at what I did or whatever. It's like the shit. Of course, it's an example that that is being generalized, but just like, let's put the metaphor not to out of proportion. Of course, there are different people for different stuff. But in that second or that space, the parent is not. It's like the sheer awe of whatever is captivates one. And the attention is all that is. Same as one is looking at a flower for that sheer second before one plucks it or gives it or imagines it or wants to grow it but in that kind of in that kind of space for whatever time the self is not same as witnessing a sunset before taking a picture of it and wanted to spread it but in that in that space of attention attention sorry in that space of In that space, regardless of naming it, anything, we all know that space. We've all been there. It's not like a trick. It's something that does take place. There is no me in it. The attention has no center. It's often said that when you begin meditation, one needs to focus on one's breath. As if it's a trick, again. But did we really pay attention? Was there attention to the breath? Or were we just focusing on the movement of the breath? Did you discover that uh, the, the one's breathing? The inhaling and exhaling? The taste of one's breath, the coming and going, the pulling, the up and down, the energy that comes in and, and actually goes out but still in. It's a magnificent thing by itself. It's kind of one's own cord to living. Without it for even a little bit, one's life ends. Do we really? Is that... Is did, did we get a taste of that? Then it's just another trick. Meditation, and let's remove this word for now, the holistic approach to life. cannot have a center, cannot have an eye. Because the eye will believe that it is holistic. Well, it's not. It's just a fragment of whatever is. Attention is understanding. Is the attention has a space of and shares the space with understanding, and they go together. One cannot understand without attention. Without attention is being present, and we often say focus on what you're doing by force. However, 
the, the most joyful learning is one when one doesn't need to pay any effort into it because there's the sheer joy of it. Just because when you tell a magnificent story and then you have like someone is listening or you're explaining something that is really important, really magnificent, one doesn't need to do anything. Or when one witnesses a beautiful, a beauty, one is incapable. One uh, has no power anymore. There is no, there is no power behind the eye. It's just whatever is and the intention that's being present. If you wave a hand in front of one face, I was like, what? It's like, sorry, I wasn't there. And that's, that's the kind of attention. Now, how does productivity play into that? Since one is trained and conditioned for focusing and concentration through uh, discipline, through the will, right? Although attention has its own discipline, it has its own discipline. One doesn't need to create or force oneself to discipline itself for attention because it is what it is. It just comes with it automatically. Now, one is already conditioned with focus and concentration. How can one move to attention? No matter how much one describes how much attention is and how it is like an interplaying phase or dimension of meditation, understanding and listening, no matter how much one says, one's condition is the other, right? So moving to it is another desire, is another attempt, is another like intention, an emotive. There's a reason behind it because I want to be better when it's stronger. Again, I'm becoming. It's another endeavor that I want to reach or whatever. And it, it just, it's the same materialistic process in that way, mechanism. Sorry, the, uh, the same materialistic mechanism. So how? It sounds that I'm helpless in that. Either I'm born with it or I'm not. So, one pays, when one does an activity without believing in it that is right or wrong, or Understanding that whatever is at hand could be or couldn't be for my benefit or for a benefit. Maybe this is not the career for me, right? Maybe this is not the person for me. Maybe this is not the way to do things, etc., etc., etc. Maybe all that I know is wrong. All that. Our sheer demand and necessity for security, materialistic security and knowledge is part of that security, makes us hold on to that which we already know. Yet, just corona now, what's happening? It's, it's, it's just the simplest 
fact to make us see that we don't know anything and we're capable of so little in terms of security, material security, in terms of housing, in terms of money-making, etc., etc., etc. And holding on to our old ways is not helping, actually. If anything, it's actually drawing us back. So, that's just one simple example. It's not a hurricane, it's not a tsunami, it's not freaking aliens or another disease, whatever. So the word that comes is, I don't know. Not as an idea. Not because I'm freaking humble. And I'm so agitated by that. And someone fa feels proud of being humble. And is like, what the hell? Like, seriously? Like, even that one is making it as uh, a badge of how much of a good person I am? How funny it is. And it's fine. Like, But it's just, it's a bit ridiculous. And I think it needs to be pointed out. I think we've all been there. At least I've been there. I'm going to say it for myself. And it hurt me a lot when I quite discovered it. The hypocrisy of oneself. So I don't know for a fact. Because I see it. And I feel it. And I see the limitedness of knowledge. And the limitedness of my thinking and my analysis and my capabilities in terms of knowledge the capability of the I of the identity of where I come from and what I do as a role but I don't know what's right from wrong so what, the, what one does when that happens that attention becomes present Attention exists in the, un in the field of the unknown. Why would I pay attention for something I already know? <laughs> it's actually amazing. Beauty cannot be expressed. Because the moment you express it, it's not what that thing that's, that triggered the beauty in you or in me. The moment beauty becomes knowledge... It's not beauty anymore. Uh, music is not really uh, a necessity. Even the stock is not really a necessity. At all. It's just kind of celebration to whatever is. It does help. Whenever it helps, but nothing is a necessity, except breathing. Imagine how much beauty is in that. So, let's celebrate together with some music.